Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I bring you the next episode in the series of Decluttering Room by Room. I've asked six women to join me in tackling various areas in our home. We'll chat about how to keep each space minimal and most efficient for our families. In this episode, Emily Usanio, creator of The Simplified Mom, will take us through decluttering our closets. I love this conversation because not only did we move step-by-step through decluttering, but really a lot of our conversation centered on the emotional attachment we might have to our clothing and how body image can actually affect our choices to keep or purge certain items. I just really loved that this was more of a conversational episode and I can't wait for you to hear it too. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow. I think that's it. This episode is slightly longer than most episodes, so we'll get right to it. Here's my interview with Emily. Emily, thanks so much for joining me this morning on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I am looking forward to continuing this series, the Room by Room Decluttering Series. And today we're going to be discussing closets in which you're going to be our expert. Even if you don't feel like an expert, you are our expert today. So I I will do my best. (laughs) Great. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to listeners for those that may not know you? Sure. So my name is Emily Usanio. I am a full-time stay-at-home mom uh, from the Midwest. I have three kids. Our oldest is five. Uh, We have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so life is pretty hectic around here. But since I started staying at home, I wanted to find an outlet for my creativity. I used to write. I used to work in marketing, um, and I actually have my master's in counseling. So I was looking for something that would kind of be my little project on the side outside of taking care of three crazy kids all day. Um, So last year I started a blog on Instagram called The Simplified Mom, just sharing my journey to minimalism in a more relatable way. I think um, I struggled for a while with over-consuming and dealing with debt and just having too much of everything when I first started staying at home with our oldest. And my husband and I kind of made a three or four year journey to just minimize our home, downsize everything, kind of refocus on the simpler things in life with the kids. And I have found so much joy in that. So I started my blog to kind of share with readers things that had worked for me. Um, I think minimalism often people look at that as something that's really unattainable and really unrealistic, especially if you stay at home and have kids because Mm -hmm. kids equal mess Mm -hmm. and craziness. But I love sharing just my little tidbits on things I have found to kind of find that happy medium and still be minimal while also having a real life with kids and messes and all that kind of crazy stuff. So, Yeah, no, that's great. I, I feel like you were, you had your feet in so many different areas. It's just funny to see where our paths take us. It is. I think a lot of moms, especially once you start having kids, you've kind of set aside your passions and what you're really interested in. And it's kind of funny how through motherhood, I found so many moms that kind of find what they're good at and what they enjoy and what they're passionate about. And they find little ways to do that. 
um, while also being a mom. And to me, that's been kind of the coolest part of the journey for sure. Yeah. And then just the fact that minimalism and simplification and pursuing a life with less, I feel like that has been so beneficial for myself. And it sounds like you as well. And it's just, you want to get the message out there and spread the word. And so I think that's kind of how these creative projects come about because it's just so beneficial to us that we can't not talk about it, you know? Absolutely. Well, let's just kind of dive into our conversation. I want this to be very relaxed and just a conversation really on how we can start to begin to pursue decluttering our closets if we maybe haven't gotten to that part yet or if we need a little bit of encouragement and motivation. So where do we begin? Maybe start to take us through the steps of how we would start. My approach to decluttering anything in your home or your life whatsoever is a little different than I think most people expect when you think of minimalism. I wouldn't say I I love and hate the term minimalism because I because I identify with it and I do think having less is so beneficial in every area of your life. But I also am kind of a anti-conventional minimalist sometimes um, with clothes and with toys and with certain other areas in our home. I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm minimal, but it's fully decluttered. And it's mm. my favorite things, my best things, the things that are most useful for me. Um, and that's the way I kind of approach to call. I can't talk to no, this morning, not enough coffee, <laughs> decluttering in any area of my home really is being a little more realistic about it. When you're starting with your closet, I think I think the closet is honestly one of the hardest areas to declutter when you're a mom. And I say that because I've had three kids in the past five years. So I've been either pregnant or recently postpartum or in the process of losing some of the baby weight and just regaining it again um, when you become pregnant again. So I have honestly probably clothing spanning you know, all four seasons, we're in the Midwest. So we have winter, spring, summer, and fall. So extra clothing from that perspective. And then I also have probably three or four different sizes that I have in different clothing, just depending on what we were, what size I was at the time, what phase of pregnancy I was. Um, So it can be really hard. And I think for women that have had children, it can be overwhelming because you have a lot more clothing specifically because you've kind of had to adjust and your body's changed. Um, in so many ways. So I think that can be daunting to a lot of moms, but I also think that having clothes that fit and feel good um, and bring you joy is so beneficial as a mom. I know there are many days that I just don't have the time to get a shower or throw on makeup or do my hair. So having an outfit that I feel like is comfortable and I can move in throughout the day with my kids, but also makes me feel comfortable is the right size. Um, that is huge to me. So I kind of tell anyone that I'm talking to about decluttering their closet to kind of start exactly where they're at. First of all, you kind of have to get everything all in one place. Um, I know with the whole Marie Kondo movement and KonMari, everything, it's a big message is kind of gather everything up and look at it. But I do think you have to do that. I mean, I know when I get all of my seasonal clothing out, put it all in my bedroom, on my bed, on the floor, look at what's in my closet, everything from that perspective. It's amazing um, how much more is there than you really think you have. So I kind of start with that and examining and pulling everything together and looking at it first. Uh, I think it's a critical step in actually just getting yourself to that point Mm-hmm. can be really hard when you've just got so many different sizes and seasons and, and types of clothing for sure. 
Yeah, I think that that was something that held me back for the longest time. I felt throughout my 20s, I was, I wouldn't say constantly changing sizes, but I wanted to keep things just in case I got to that size or just in case I gained weight again. And then once I started having children, again, that's kind of the mindset that you have. So you do want to hold on to these things. But I think throughout all of that, looking back now, I was always within pretty much a similar weight range. So even if I would have kept just condensed what I was so fearful of letting go of, I think that I would have benefited a lot more. And like you said, pulling everything out and really seeing the abundance in which you may have, I always felt like looking at my closet, it was much more limited because I had been pursuing minimalism. So I figured it was much more limited than maybe my mom or my sister But then when I really pulled everything out and it was piled on my bed, I couldn't believe how many items that I had. And so I think that that's totally true, that it's probably one of the most important first steps is to really pull everything out of there, look at your empty space in your closet, and then as we're going through, slowly start putting things back in that we know we want to be in there. So I guess I'll let you, do you have a a next step for us? Absolutely. Um, So after I pull everything together, um, and I will do this every time I declutter, and I know it takes more time and more effort to pull like your seasonal bins and your maternity bins out and, and really go through it. But I think it's important because what you like and what you like to wear is always going to be what you choose. I know they talk about the statistic all the time that we wear about 20% of -hmm. what's in our closet. And I totally agree with that. Number one, I think one of the biggest hurdles once we look at everything we have is getting rid of things because clothing can be expensive. Um, And with a large quantity of it, if you're looking at getting rid of even, you know, 20, 30% of what you currently have, depending on your taste and the brands you love and um, the types of clothing that you wear, it, it can look like you're getting rid of things that cost a lot of money. You know, it's a lot easier to declutter plastic dishes from your kitchen that you know you spent $5 on at Target five years ago. But I have so many articles of clothing that I really held on to because of the value that they hold and and the amount of money I've spent on them. So I think the next hurdle to that is before you start decluttering, kind of looking at everything and just reminding yourself that it is just an article of clothing. It is just a piece of fabric. I think clothing can be easier to declutter sometimes because there there really aren't many tangible memories that are attached to it. I mm-hmm. think we wear clothing so often that unless it was your wedding dress or something you wore on a memorable first date with your husband or something like that, mm-hmm. we are able to separate from it from an emotional perspective because it doesn't hold that same value that some other items do, which can be to your benefit too. So when I gather everything together, I take a look at it. I remind myself that it is just fabric. It is just clothing. Clothing is one of the easiest items to replace. You can go spend $5 on a top at Target. You could go spend $500 at a top at a boutique. Um, So there's a wide range and variety of things. And I try to remind people when I'm talking to them that clothing is so replaceable. Unless you have you know, an insane amount of money invested into an item or it holds a lot of memories, it's pretty easy to part with. And I advise people to kind of, I do this with every item, but my next step is once you've kind of gone through 
your clothing and sorted it into like what you love and what you can't keep or you're unsure of. I have what I call purgatory for anything that I'm decluttering. So I'll take a box of things. If I'm not absolutely sure I love it, it doesn't fit well. It's not the right size, whatever it may be. I will box it up in the largest box it needs to be in. And I will put it in our basement for three, four weeks, uh, maybe even longer than that. And it's so helpful for people that have a hard time letting go of items because it's still there. If you need something, you can go to the box and get it. But I can tell you anytime I've declared anything in my home, but especially clothing, I forget about everything that's in that box. And then three to four weeks later, I will literally be down in the basement doing laundry and looking at that and thinking there are 15 tops in here that I haven't once thought I wanted to wear. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't been interested in going back to that box and pulling out. And so at that point in time, I feel like that anxiety around letting items go that you might want to wear or might find useful, it kind of dissipates as it's there. So it's kind of like my little safety net for people that are struggling with it Mm -hmm. to really set those items aside if you're unsure of them. And it kind of eliminates uh, that fear of, oh, I don't have enough to wear. Oh, my wardrobe will be so bare. Because if you really do miss something or you really are like, oh, I need a black top. I don't have it in my closet. Instead of having to go out and repurchase something, you can go back down to that box and grab it um, and wear it. And there have been maybe one or two times that I've done that with anything in my closet. And I'll put it on and immediately I'll be reminded of why I put it in that box. Either it doesn't fit well or mm-hmm. it's not comfortable mm-hmm. uh, or it doesn't it doesn't go with the outfit I'm trying to put it with. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nice little step into getting rid of things without fully parting with it and feeling kind of that anxiety about, oh my gosh, I have seven tops in my wardrobe that I can wear now. Yeah, absolutely. I do somewhat of the same thing. I have my little purgatory for my clothes that you're right. They just don't fit or maybe they're not really the style that I want to wear. I try to wear as many, I would say somewhat basic so that I can mix and match. Probably when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're trying to figure out like what your style is. Maybe some have really defined that for themselves. But for me, I feel like it's kind of I don't want to say ever changing, but I've definitely tried to play into trends more throughout certain times of my life. And I think at this point, because the trends are constantly changing, why would I spend money on something that's only going to be in for a certain period of time? So now I try to really hone in on what is more classic that'll be in style for maybe the long term because I I always use this as an example. I don't think, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not the most stylish person, but the little cold shoulder shirts, those were like all the rage a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I I like my shoulders. That would be a good thing to shop. But now I don't think they're nearly as on trend as they may have once. But I don't know. Do you, do you know if they are? I I don't know. I totally agree with that. I think as women, it's exciting and fun to have a piece or two like that. But I think there are different periods in our life where because it's trendy, you end up investing or purchasing even cheaply, like a couple different tops that are similar to that, or like a different color, like you said, just whatever the trend may be. Mm -hmm. And then I struggle. And I know, I think this is another barrier with women in general. I struggle with the knowledge that I made a bad choice or a bad investment. Mm -hmm. So I really try to justify that by keeping it in my closet and trying to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, so that I'm using something that I spent money on. And I think letting that go and knowing like, okay, this piece served its purpose. I either wore it every day that summer or I didn't, but I don't, it doesn't bring joy to me anymore when I try to wear it. And letting that go can be huge. Cause I think that is one of the hardest things about those fashionable purchases is just 
that feeling and that guilt, I don't know if everyone has it, but I know, especially if you're looking to have less, I have an immense guilt when I invest in something and I feel like I made a bad decision um, because I like to think that I weigh my choices carefully. So it, it can be hard to let go of that and feel like you kind of wasted an item in your home and it was taking up space and it didn't really serve you as well as you thought it had or it would. Yeah, I really have struggled with that in my past as well because I I would say I'm fairly frugal and so to see that I've wasted money that it could be spent on something else is really hard, but the fact is the money is already gone. I'm not going to get it back unless I I know that you probably need to weigh the pros and cons of donating versus selling your clothing. In my opinion, I would say that donating is typically the route that I take because with selling, there's the extra putting it on Facebook marketplace. If I'm only going to get a couple of dollars for certain items, I think that maybe if your tags are still on an item, it might be worth selling. Um, But yeah, I think you really have to weigh those pros and cons. But as I was saying, I think that when you've already spent that money, you have to reconcile that in your mind and just let it go. And if it really bothers you that much, maybe a family member that is similar in size might wanted as well. I know I passed down a few things to my sister that still had tags on them just because we are somewhat similar in size. And I thought it might be something she would want. I think that is one of my guilt alleviators too. I'll look for family or friends that I can give it to and hopefully they'll put more use to it because I feel less guilty if I know that someone I care about has a purpose for it and that it might have a second life. But I I completely 100% agree with you. I think on most things, honestly, in your home, when you're decluttering, um, unless it has a ton of value, like you said, like it's brand new or has the tags attached, the effort that it requires to list something online and sell it and get it picked up is to me not worth it. I mean, at this season in my life, I have three kids running around. I know you do too. That's just not a priority to me. That's not to say that it can't be it a great way to make your money back. And I know plenty of people that make great money selling things on marketplace. And I think it has its, it has its moment on certain items, but I think with wardrobe purchases and when you're trying to get rid of those things, I am the same way. I go the donate route. I will say for Facebook marketplace, I have found the best luck, um, especially if I'm getting rid of things that are in good shape of selling them kind of in a group just to get rid of number one, it gets like five or six items out of my house immediately Two, because like you said, I have a similar style. They all, all the tops or all the items that I'm looking to get rid of kind of go with each other a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and they happen to usually happen to be the same size. So I'll list them on marketplace for, you know, obviously a lot less than you would buy them if you bought them off the rack, but it at least makes me a little bit of money and it gets a chunk of them out of, at one time. And if that doesn't sell within the week, I literally just throw them in the box and send them to Goodwill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be my tip for sure. If you're looking to sell items when it comes to like wardrobe purchases, mm-hmm. it can be really hard. Like you said, if they're not tags attached or there's not a specific um, high-end brand that people can recognize the name by. So I try yeah. to just group them in kind of a lot of clothing and sell them together. And I do that with our kids' clothing and baby clothing as well. I find that if you are looking to sell, selling it in a group versus individual items is a lot easier for you. And it's a lot more likely that people will purchase it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I am definitely a big user of Facebook Marketplace. So don't get me wrong. I really love selling on there. But yeah, I've just not had as much luck with clothing as I have with other items that I've had in my homes.
Do you have any other tips for the closet or do you want to move on to one of our other questions? I do. So I I know we kind of got out of order. I like to remind anyone that I'm talking to about decluttering their closet about that purgatory before we even start decluttering, Mm -hmm. because I feel like it, it kind of relieves that burden of, okay, if I put it in this pile to go away, I may not see it again. Because I think that's the biggest thing is whenever I sport clothing or really anything, when I was first starting to declutter, I had a ton of stuff in that kind of indecisive pile. Like I had very few things in the love have to keep, very few things in the trash or donate. And it was like 80% of it would lay in that indecisive pile. And to me, I think alleviating that burden of like, okay, if I put this in the go pile, it's gone helps anyone kind of more clearly look at things and say, okay, well, I can always go back and get it if I need to. So I kind of put that upfront because I don't think everyone looks at things that way. I think naturally when we are decluttering, we tend to hold on to things in case. And I think that's the whole issue that a lot of people have is they have a lot of like just in case stuff in their closets, in their cabinets, in their basements. I don't use this, but if I were going to have a party, I would want to wear this top or I would need this platter and things like that, that we don't need every day, but we're afraid to let go of in case that day come. So I like to do that before we even go through the decluttering phase. So let me backtrack. Um, Like I said, I start with everything out in front of me. I kind of remind myself that that removal isn't permanent. And then I start to, the first thing that I will do is actually go through and find anything that is not currently the size that I'm wearing right now. That could be maternity clothing. That could be the skinny jeans that I've been holding on to from five years ago that I'm hoping I will fit into. It could be the tops that were nice and big and flowy and gave me a little more room postpartum, but now I feel kind of frumpy in whatever it may be. I will specifically set two piles, things that fit me right now and things that don't. And it constantly amazes me how much clothing I hold on to that is either like just too tight that I, it's not comfortable to wear and I can kind of squeeze into it. But I'm hoping that maybe if I lose like three or four pounds, I'll wear it. And that clothing that is just a little too frumpy, but I hold on to it in case I do gain a few pounds and I don't feel as comfortable in what I'm wearing now. Um, And I'm not saying you shouldn't have any item like that, that is either a goal piece to lose a few pounds or kind of a, in case of emergency top. Mm -hmm. But I have so many items in my closet every time I go through and declutter that I find I gloss over the majority of my days because they just don't fit right in this moment. And I think setting that chunk aside and going through that first is huge. I'm not saying that you should get rid of everything that doesn't fit you here and now, but I I can't count on one hand the amount of items I have that are either just a tad too big or a tad too small that I ever end up wearing. Again, it's one of those like in case of emergency things mm-hmm. that I feel like if I lose a few pounds or gain a few pounds, it's just as easy to go out and buy a new top or buy a new pair of shorts if that happens. But honestly, if I'm being honest with myself, I, like you said, I stay relatively around the same size Mm -hmm. um, and same weight. And even if I do gain or lose a few pounds, I tend to wear the same things that Mm -hmm. currently fit at the moment anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's just extra clutter in my closet that I gloss over and I have to move past every single day. So by removing that and setting that aside, it's amazing how pared down your wardrobe immediately becomes. I don't know if you've experienced that, but Mm -hmm. it always boggles my mind how little clothing I have Mm -hmm. that actually fits me like right here and now and fits me well. Yeah, absolutely. You really do have to get honest with yourself and 
I think that this is so cliche, but we really are our toughest critics. And just think about, I don't know. I always think about what I, how I perceive others. And when I think about the things that I love about someone else, it's never their clothing. It's never how they look. It's always how the person makes me feel, how our friendship dynamic is, what our relationship is like. It's never the clothing. So I think that when I have that perspective, I can keep that in mind. That seems probably pretty deep as you're decluttering your closet. But for me, I have to take it there. So when I go into my closet and there's things that I'm keeping because I'm like, this is trendy or I want to be a certain size so that I can fit into this so I can look good. I think if we strip all that away, we can really just see what do I feel good in? What actually fits me? What do I feel good in? What do I actually wear? And move forward with that. Like it's realistic, I guess. And it's, it's not bringing, I always say this, but it's not bringing that emotional element into it because we don't need it here. Like it's really, you're right. It's just fabric. It's just clothes. If we part with something that we loved, think of how often you go to the store and find things that you quote unquote love. There are always going to be things that we can find in stores that we love and that we look great in. And I think really our goal is just getting rid of the excess that we don't need. That's not logical for us here and now. I totally agree with that. I think that is honestly the biggest hurdle that women have with decluttering their wardrobe is that emotionality about their bodies Mm -hmm. um, that is so attached to those clothes. And it's so much easier to look outside of yourself and look at other people. And like you said, I realize how little I look at their clothes Mm -hmm. and their clothing. And I mean, I might compliment someone, oh, I love that top, but I'm not looking at how it fits them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm honestly just appreciating their company. So it's crazy to me how critical we are of ourselves. And it's it's absolutely insane sometimes. I I mean, even now, I, I would have what I consider a decently minimal wardrobe, but I still have things that I hold on to. And I'm like, this does not make me feel good about myself. This does not make me comfortable. Mm-hmm. Why am I holding on to this item? And I think it's it's hard as women to let go of those clothing items that are either just a size too small because you're really hoping you get to that size. Um, but if you do, are you? I, I think there's this hope that like, if I get to this size, I will feel better about mm-hmm. myself. If I get to this size, it's that hope for the next thing to happen that will bring happiness and bring more joy. And I mean, I've been through periods where I've lost weight after I've had my babies and it doesn't change a thing. It's just a different size of clothing, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like dealing with that kind of emotional hurdle and detaching from it and saying, I don't need to hold on to this. It's not serving me. I'm not wearing it. It's not bringing me joy. Mm -hmm. Anytime I would even remotely try to put a piece like that on, it instantly brings up feelings of negativity about your body. I mean, we don't need that as women in our closets. Removing that does nothing but free up space to look at things that make you happy, to wear things that make you happy, Mm -hmm. um, and to forget about Oh, being the smaller size. No one's looking at the tags in your clothing and the mm-hmm. size that you're wearing. All they're looking at is who you are. And I think a big piece of that is how comfortable you are in your skin and your clothing. So whether it's a small or a large shirt, it doesn't matter if you're comfortable in it and you love it. That's going to affect how you carry yourself throughout the day more than the size on that shirt. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So I think that we have the emotional element talked out and worked through, but also just in condensing your closet, allowing yourself to have, I, again, I don't have a capsule wardrobe, 
But the fewer the items that I have, it really does make getting ready easier because I'm not overwhelmed with, say, 100 items versus 30. It's like, this is what I have. I don't have all these other decisions that I could possibly make. I do think that having a smaller purged closet cuts down on decision fatigue. What do you think about that? I totally agree. I think the term capsule wardrobe... I have a love-hate relationship with it because in theory, I absolutely love the idea and I totally agree with it. I think you should only have a, a smaller number of pieces that are ideally quality items that fit well, mm-hmm. that are comfortable, that bring you joy, that go with different outfits and you can combine in different um, combinations with tops and bottoms and dresses and sh- shoes. I love that concept, but I think people get so lost in the number mm-hmm of items in the closet. Like I get messages all the time. So even with children's clothing, so like how many tops do you have? And to me, the number is not important. It's about a lot of different things. I mean, first of all, it depends on how often you do laundry. I do laundry three times a week around here. I've tried doing it every day. I've tried doing it once a week. That's kind of the sweet spot Mm -hmm. that's worked for us. So the joy I have is if I have a top that's my favorite, if it's a little black top that I absolutely love and I feel good in, I probably wear it two, maybe three times a week with a different pair of shorts or a different pair of leggings. Um, and no one notices and I can wash it and wear it later in the week. Mm -hmm. So in a way it's one item, but I, if I wear it three times a week, like why would I need to buy three shirts to replace that? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's one of those things where I feel like it's gotten a bad rap because people, automatically assume the less you have in your wardrobe, like the more minimal you are and you need to have this set number of items. And I am totally anti that in a way. I think you need to have the amount of items that works for you. And I also think you need to have the variety that works for you. Um, I tend to gravitate towards neutral colors. So I love wearing blacks. I love basic black and white stripes. I love grays. Um, And then I love having a few colorful tops. Um, but I've also found that when you're creating that capsule wardrobe, um, you can also have like the exact same top in different colors. I remember early on, probably in my twenties, I thought it was so funny because my mom used to always, if she liked a top and she liked the way it fit, she would like go buy the same top in three different colors or shorts. She liked the way the shorts fit. She would buy them in two different colors. And I always thought that was so weird, like go buy a different pair of shorts But as I've gotten older, I totally agree with that mentality because like you said, it's, it eliminates decision fatigue. If I found, I like the way this style and type of top works from a specific company. Mm -hmm. For example, the summer, um, there were these amazing, super soft, um, tanks from target that were like $8 and I, I absolutely love my black one. Mm -hmm. So I went out and bought like three different colors and literally I probably wear in, in reality, the same shirt in three different colors, the majority of my week. Um, but it fits well and I love it and it makes getting ready in the morning infinitely easier. I literally just look and I'm like, okay, what do I want to wear today? Which color, Mm -hmm. which fit, what style? Um, so I think when it comes to creating a capsule wardrobe, it's different for everyone. It's kind of what your taste is, what your personality is, um, what your budget is. So, um, I I totally agree and disagree with the concept. And I think that can also be the next step into cluttering that can be overwhelming Mm -hmm. um, is kind of identifying what your definition of kind of a minimal or capsule wardrobe looks like for you and your lifestyle. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I guess I've never thought about it that way because I always, 
I do like the quality over quantity. I've been trying to invest in a little bit more quality pieces as I've gotten more into minimalism and kind of the fast fashion element of, um, I guess, sustainability. We don't have to go there today. But also, (laughs) this is like completely hypocritical from what I just said. I found these pair of shorts this summer from Old Navy Active and I love the length of them because, you know, you feel like shorts these days as mothers. I just want to, I don't want my butt hanging out. I want to be, exactly. like, <laughs> be able to play with my kids, squat down on the ground, and you don't see all of Diane. So I really love these shorts. I feel like they're super comfortable. They're not pushing up my muffin top. I just really like them. And so I did buy another pair because I wear them that often. So I know that's not sustainable, maybe the most sustainable choice. I know that probably goes against having quality over quantity and having the best of what I can have, but it also is practical and makes my life more simple. And that's what I'm trying to go for, you know? I totally agree. And I think, I think minimalism and the low waste, zero waste movement has become kind of this merged area, um, and lifestyle that can be really hard. I totally agree with you on that. Like there are areas of my life where simple and minimal does mean more sustainability, less waste quality over quantity. But I also feel like as a, as a woman, as a mom, like we don't know if we're going to have another child. I don't know where my weight is going to be in the next three, six, nine months. Um, I feel like this is one area where at this point in my life, it's not, it's not the most responsible thing in terms of my happiness and my simple living for me to invest in, spend all this time kind of curating a sustainable closet. Mm. Um, when I know that there is most likely a time in the next year that I won't be able to wear it again. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not to say that you shouldn't invest your time and effort into doing that, but I think it can be really overwhelming to, to combine that simple living component with the reality that like not everything can be the best and most perfect. And I try to challenge women to think that way as well. Like I am all for finding ways to make your life simpler and also combining that with a sustainable living practice. I think that's, I think we need that in this world, but you also have to be realistic about where you're at in your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, with three young kids and a body that's changing, it's not, practical for my budget or for me to invest in quality pieces that probably aren't going to get worn in a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it this way and it, it might sound like a skewed perspective, but if I'm donating it or tossing it in a year, even if it's a sustainable piece of clothing, I'm still wasting it mm-hmm. um, versus going and buy, investing in tops. If I find something that fits and it happens to be fast, fa- fast fashion, mm-hmm. I've felt that guilt, but I realize this is going to actually be used and worn right now. Um, so if I have four tops that are from target that are $8, I'm actually doing what's better for me. I'm eliminating the stress of finding clothes that work for me. I'm keeping less in my closet. And I know that if it does have to get recycled or worn at a different time or donated or whatever the case may be down the road, I haven't wasted all that time and energy into finding a piece that's perfect just to have to kind of pass on it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely it does. And currently while you and I are recording, this series hasn't started yet, but when this episode is released, we'll have just gone through a handful of episodes on sustainability and minimalism. And so 
what we talked about in the sustainable series is that we don't need everyone perfectly living these sustainable lifestyles, but if everyone's contributing just a little bit, how beneficial that is to the whole. And so, yeah, as minimalists, we're just going to have less waste and we're going to produce less just because we're not consuming as much. I don't know if that makes sense, but just the fact that we, you and I are trying to live with less, maybe we don't like really, I don't want to say we don't buy into the fast fashion, but if that's not our focus right now, there are other people that are focusing on that where they're not focusing on what you and I are focusing on and our minimalism pursuits. So really like the fact that we're just pursuing minimalism, I think is a sustainable action in itself. And then as we're kind of talking through this, it made me think of consignment shops. And if you are purging items, we have in Columbus, Ohio, we have a few really neat consignment shops. If you do purge things and you're finding that you got rid of too much, you can always go to a consignment shop or a secondhand store and find things that you equally love. And that's a great sustainable choice as well. So I think it is whether you are into the fast fashion movement or you're just trying to do what's most convenient. I don't think that there's, you can't go wrong, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I totally agree. I just think as, as a society now, and I think as women, because we have our children and that's a huge, not that our husbands are a great help in the parenting realm, but, you know, on a day-to-day basis, taking care of our children and taking care of our homes and taking care of ourselves. I think there's a lot of pressure on doing everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even within the minimalism movement and the sustainability movement, just this, this mentality, I think, can be very overbearing, overwhelming to people that are starting on that journey because they think if I can't do everything perfectly, um, then I'm, I just am too overwhelmed to even start doing it. And that's kind of the complete opposite that the movement is supposed to be doing it. And it, it frustrates me sometimes. And I talk to people all the time and I'm like, it's just take those small steps. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you don't have to be doing everything perfectly. You don't have to be doing anything perfectly for all means by, Mm -hmm. but just one of those steps, like just taking one little area of your home. And like you said, not consuming as much or replacing an item with something that's more sustainable. Those add up so fast. And I think rather than having people kind of be paralyzed by this, idea that if they can't do it perfectly, that they're failing. Mm-hmm. I think we need to kind of shift the perspective on that, that like every little action item that you're taking within your home and within your life mm-hmm. is it, it just snowballs mm-hmm. with everyone else doing the same thing. So, um, I think that's a huge, huge, huge message. I like, I want to shout from the rooftops when people are kind of feeling like they can't do something because they can't do it all the way, or they can't do it perfectly. It, it's not about that in any capacity in our lives. We just kind of have to do the best we can Mm -hmm. and take little steps that are feasible for us in our lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is there anything I'm going through our questions and looking at our time, we're hitting 40. So is there anything else that you really wanted to hit on? I feel like we kind of worked through all of our questions without fully asking you them. But if you, if there's something that you really wanted to say, I want to give you the space to say it. I think when it comes to clothing, my biggest takeaway from it is is just that I think as women, I don't know about you, but I feel like as you get older, everything comes into focus a little better. You, you learn who you are. Like you said, you learn what your taste is, what your style is. You learn what you enjoy wearing. You learn what makes you feel good about yourself. And I think 
we often get lost in the day-to-day because we're so busy taking care of kids and so busy doing a million different things or thinking a million different things or adding to the to-do list in our head that we forget that wearing something that makes you feel good completely changes your day. Mm -hmm. And it seems so silly to say that. I am a total like yoga pants in the, in the summer, active shorts and uh, tank top and sports bra kind of mom. Like I, I'm at a point in my life where getting jeans on and a nice top just doesn't happen most days. And I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we, we don't take the time to kind of embrace our true stage of life and like what works for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if you're wearing yoga pants, even if you're wearing jeans, whatever it may be, I think it's so important to feel comfortable in it, to have it fit right. Um, and to feel like you look good and you feel good about it because it totally changes the rest of your day. If I put on an outfit that I know is comfortable and it makes me feel like I look good, I don't think about it the rest of the day. And I feel like that's how clothing should be. If you're wearing any item in your wardrobe and throughout the day, you're you're thinking about it, to me, that's a sign that it doesn't belong, that it's either uncomfortable, that it's getting in the way of you doing what you need to be doing as a mom, um, or it's just not making you feel good about yourself. So I think that it, it sounds so silly and so simple, but I think we we just don't put enough thought into the joy that wearing an item that feels good and looks good on us, um, how that kind of pervades the rest of our day and makes us feel. So it it sounds so simple when you say, oh, just wear stuff that feels good and it makes you look good. But I think people get scared because if you look at your closet at the end of the day, if you limit your items to just those things that fit, just those things that look good, just those things that make you feel good, it will be a pretty minimal wardrobe. And that can be really scary to look at your closet and see, you know, 10 hangers hanging in your closet mm-hmm. is is terrifying, I think, to people that haven't fully experienced living with that. But I encourage people, as scary as it may be, if there's just 10 items in your closet, just see what happens for the week. Because I, like you said earlier, I am shocked at how content I am when I wear the same five tops throughout the course of the week. I don't think about it. I feel I feel good throughout the day. I look good. I do the laundry. They're back in my closet at the end of the week. And I'm ready to start the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just... I think that decision fatigue is, as mothers is is such a real struggle. Mm-hmm. So anything you can do to start your day off with one less decision to make or one less negative feeling to feel, um, it's such a powerful change in your day. And it totally changes the way that you approach the rest of the things that are going on in your life. Um, so it sounds so silly, but eliminating that from your morning is, is critical to me. It's totally changed the way I function throughout the morning, especially as we're getting back into school and kids are starting to go back and you have busy mornings where you're trying to get everyone together. It's just, it's a nice area to start minimizing and decluttering because it has such a positive impact on the rest of your day. Absolutely. And if people have been listening for a long time, I've said that when I was pregnant and I took a handful of items with me to New York city knowing that I only had four items to use the entire four days that we were there, that just made it so much easier. When my friend and my cousin were trying to get ready every day and trying to figure out what should I wear, I was just like, nope, I know what I'm wearing because I only have one of four items. And it wasn't restrictive. It didn't feel overwhelming that I only had four items. It actually felt freeing because I could focus on 
what are we going to do today in New York City? And it's kind of been the same. I've done that now on the various vacations I've taken ever since. And actually, after that trip, I came home and I pared down my closet even more because I saw the freedom in that. And you're right. When you're getting kids out the door for school, you don't want to be, again, decision fatigue. We don't want to be fatigued by making the right decision. We want to know that everything in our closet could be a right decision for us because we've curated it that way. So exactly. Yeah. Well, this was great. I love talking to you about this. I feel like you gave such great wisdom in regards to decluttering closets. So where can people find you if they want to follow along with more of your simple tips? So my blog is on Instagram. It's at the simplified mom. Um, it's the period simplified period mom. Um, I have posts almost daily on everything under the sun involving motherhood and simplicity. So feel free to find me there. You'll see stories and tidbits throughout the day. Um, but like I said, my focus is on simpler living and living more intentionally and being present uh, in my home. So you may see me on there. You may not. It literally just depends on what's going on in our home in the day. But I love having new followers come along on my journey with me. Um, and hopefully finding me there will inspire you if you haven't found me yet to kind of simplify every little area of your life and hopefully make motherhood a little more joyful. Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA, what is your minimalist moment of the week? Um, right now I would say it's an ongoing process with three young kids, but right now we're working on our playroom. We have a room downstairs. And like I mentioned before, I am not so minimal with toys. I have a hard time. If my kids love it and play with it, it stays, whether it's light up and plastic and gaudy and ugly to look at every day or not. So right now with our five-year-old, three-year-old, one-year-old, they're all kind of going through a different phase where they're growing up and kind of moving to that next stage of, of toys. So right now we're kind of examining our playroom, which is can be harder than you think. Um, as a parent, I have a hard time moving past stages of toys, but we've kind of been purging some of the toys that they no longer play with and paring down things to hopefully eliminate the clutter. Um, but yeah, it's so funny how sentimental it can be with our third. We don't know if we're going to have a fourth yet, but I'm having a hard time getting rid of like the baby blocks and the shape sorters and things that mm -hmm. she's been playing with that she's at 18 months is now kind of moving past it onto that next stage of like, little baby dolls and dress up and things with her older sister. So that is an area we've been working on, but I'm personally having a lot of hard um, sentimentality moments when we're kind of taking those things away. And my husband's like, let's get rid of it. I'm like, let's hold on to it just in case. Um, but yeah, the, the toys, it's a constant battle. I I'm sure moms everywhere understand that, but it's probably one of my least favorite and most favorite areas to tackle all at the same time, because it makes such a big difference in the house when we're kind of minimalized from that front, but mm -hmm. it, it's a hard thing to do for sure. Your kids are just in those like specific ages where the five-year-old doesn't necessarily want to play with the toys. The three-year-old wants to play in. And so that makes it hard because you feel like you're storing more toys. So yeah, I just feel like it can be difficult sometimes to really know what to get rid of, but that's too long of a conversation for today. So <laughs> yeah, another time. Yes. Yeah. Another time. And then I guess to end the conversation, what is something that you can't stop talking about? Uh, right now, I, I talk with my husband about it all the time, and it, I talk about it on my blog occasionally. Um, but with all this COVID stuff going on right now, 
it's it's funny how I just can't stop talking about how how split people are on everything that's been going on because mm-hmm. it's been crazy and it's been tragic. But for me, from a more minimalistic lifestyle, like I have absolutely been loving the slowdown of society and everyone kind of returning to being at home more and being with their family more. And it sounds crazy because I think a lot of people look at me like I've lost my mind when I say that because it's been really hard with all these adjustments with our kids. My kids are totally out of their routine. They're totally stir crazy. I'm ready for them to go back to school. But at the same time, I have absolutely loved kind of recentering ourselves on just the basics of the day. It's made such a big difference in my life. And I know I've talked to so many women that have started to kind of see that shift as we've been going through this crazy pandemic over the last few months is I feel like our society needed it mm-hmm. in a, in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I just can't stop talking about it. I just seeing the shift in people that have just been go, 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 um, busy working, you know, families that have really had this drastic change of pace. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's done so much good for them. Um, whether they're able to fully see that right now or not. So mm-hmm. that's just a whole nother topic that I'm passionate about because it just, it, I feel like we've just been given this gift of mm-hmm. slowing down that mm-hmm. our, our society hasn't been able to do since we've advanced technologically, socially, whatever the case may be. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think it's the coolest thing in the world. I, not to say that COVID by any means is a great thing to happen to our society, but I do think the silver lining of it is a true blessing um, for families everywhere. So I'm loving seeing everyone kind of in this simpler mentality over the last few months. Yeah, absolutely. I could totally elaborate on that. I'm feeling very much the same way, but again, (laughs) we're already at 50 minutes. So I will let the listeners go and I'll let you go. But I just, again, appreciate your time today and your expertise in this area. I feel like you gave such great tips and I think people will be able to continue the process of decluttering their closets or just get started if they haven't yet. So I thank you for your time. Thanks, Diane. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.